My name's Lou Blazer. You're listening to Second Breaks. The show dedicated to exploring all the ways that the over 40 crowd, the midlifers, can thrive at work and life in this fast and ever-changing world of ours. This show is brought to you by Briefing Notes, a digital newsletter that delivers curated resources and information to help Gen Xers and late boomers work well and live well in our midlife. Head on over to thebriefingnotes.com to subscribe for free and get the next edition this Sunday. Hello, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me on this official first episode of Season 6, our theme of which is reimagining ourselves. Now, for as long as I can remember, I've always had a fitness-related goal every year. And uh, most of these fitness goals have been about losing weight and looking better, really, in the most recent years, especially. And much to my chagrin, I mostly miss the mark on these goals every time. Like every year, I start out strong and highly motivated, but by summertime, that initial strong push that I had at the beginning has waned and I'm pretty much back to old routines. And last year, the stress of the pandemic disrupted all my fitness plans. So suffice it to say, I started 2021 with renewed commitments to my fitness goals. So when I started to plan for this season's Reimagining Ourselves theme, the very first person I wanted to interview was Tara McMullen. Tara is a business leader. She is the founder of the What Works community and the host of the What Works podcast. I've had her on the show before talking about leadership and resilience and other businessy type topics. But Tara has had a, shall I say, remarkable and quite obvious physical transformation in the recent years. I remember when a few years back, she started talking about getting into a new daily running routine. And this was coming from someone who used to say that she wasn't into running at all. And then she started talking about hiking. And then she started posting these videos of her doing, you know, uh, bouldering and then doing weights. And then she started showing on Instagram where I follow her in very athletic outfits, doing very athletic things. And the most fantastic thing about it and why I'm so interested in her story is that she has kept at it. She is today, in my mind, a different person than the one I first quote-unquote met in 2015. And I say quote-unquote because I didn't actually meet her in person until I think 2016 when I first met her in person. Anyway, I'm not just talking about her physical appearance. Something about her and in the way that she shows up, has changed. And I wanted to get to the bottom of it and understand it all. It was as if the physical changes brought about other changes in her as well. Or was it the other way around? As it turned out, it was both. And Tara's reimagining of herself wasn't all about her physical fitness. In fact, it was never her sole motivation. Somewhere in my conversation with Tara, I started to think that this 
maybe if not the key, certainly another lever that I can pull to help me with my own fitness goals. And I'm thinking if this interview was such a big aha for me, that it might just resonate with you just as well. Now, before I transition to my chat with Tara, I just wanted to say that not all of this season stories are going to be like this. It's not going to be all about me and my goals and finding stories to help me overcome my challenges. It just so happens that Tara's journey is of particular significance to me. Okay, so I hope you enjoy this episode and I hope you find some motivation in our chat. Without further ado, meet Tara McMullen. The inkling of this started in, let's say, late November, early December 2016. And for anyone following U.S. politics at all, um, I think we can all kind of go back to that time and inhabit the headspace we were in. And it wasn't a great headspace. And I can remember at the time listening to a podcast called Call Your Girlfriend, which I love. It's a great show. Um, And at one point, one of the co-hosts said something to the effect of, you know, I have a feeling in the new year we're all going to be getting swole for the resistance. And I was like, you know, she's like, I can I can see the women in the gyms now. They're getting their anxiety out, lifting weights. They're like working through their feelings in hit classes. And we're going to get swole for the resistance. And I was like, that's a good idea. That was not actually the impetus of, of the change. But it's something that I can, I remember where I was when I heard it. I remember thinking like, yeah, this is resonating with me. Like, I need to work this out. Um, but the other thing that was happening for me at the time was, uh, and and very related to that, those circumstances as well, was I was coming to terms with some things that I didn't like about my business and how I was running my business. And I think most importantly, how I was showing up in my business. And so I looked at a bunch of the entrepreneurs that I just really, really admired. Uh, people, you know, people who are friends of mine, um, but people who seemed really other from me, people who were like, they had their stuff figured out, and I just really admired the way they showed up. And I thought about all the ways that they were running their businesses and all of the the sort of personal characteristics that they had that I found really fascinating and that I could not see in myself. And I also noticed that all of them had some sort of fitness practice. Some of them were runners, some of them were yogis, some of them were crossfitters, uh, some of them did Pilates, but everybody had a fitness practice. And so I started to think like, all right, if I want to make change in my business, if I want to make change in the way I show up, that's going to require me to uh, sort of go through a process of untangling all of these limiting beliefs that I have about myself, all of these habits that are not serving me, and sort of like the easiest one I can think of to start with is not being so much of a couch potato, right? I can, and you know, I I have the physical ability, and I have the mental ability, and I have the will, I think, 
to make this change, I can start really simply by setting an alarm in the morning because I was not setting an alarm at that point. I was just waking up whenever I woke up. And sometimes it was, sometimes it was eight, sometimes it was 10. And that's just, that's what it was. Um, so I could set an alarm, I can get up and I can move my body first thing before I have coffee, before I eat breakfast. And I can start to prioritize moving my body during the day as well. So I can take a little break from work and take a 20 minute walk. And so that's how it got started. It literally got started with me setting an alarm and deciding to spend 15 minutes walking on the treadmill every morning. And it was a so it very much was a process of habit change um, and recognizing that I had a habit of showing up in ways that I didn't want to show up in and showing up in ways that were not setting me up for success, that weren't leading to the outcomes that I claimed that I wanted. And so I needed to start breaking those habits and start creating new habits. And so the fitness habit was sort of that foray. You know, a lot of people have asked me over the years, did you do it to lose weight because I've lost a lot of weight? The answer is no. It truly was not the motivation. Um, I was actually pretty happy <laughs> with my, I was happy with my body. I was, I've, I have a really weird body image. We can maybe talk about that later, but I was pretty happy with things the way they were. Um, so I didn't do it to lose weight. I didn't do it um, because I had some like, dream of running races or doing really doing anything. I did it to create a habit that would go on to help me create other habits that would allow me to show up the way I wanted to show up in my business. So it was very much driven by my professional aspirations and my business aspirations. I will tell you, I have never heard of anyone starting a fitness practice or fitness habit the way that you've described it? Because I mean, I've talked to a lot of people over the years, because I'm one of them who's always wanting to start a fitness habit. And it's always coming from a place of I want to change how I look, or I want to lose weight, or, you know, I was diagnosed with some things, I have to change the way, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's very interesting to me how your habits uh, where it came from and the genesis of it or where it's rooted. And I wonder if, you know, it's January when we're recording this conversation and many, 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 many thousands of people are having a New Year's resolutions around, you know, uh, coming up with a new fitness related habit. And of course, there's also the story that come February, a lot of them would have fallen off the wagon and not continued with it. And do you think that in your case, I don't know if it's like hindsight or whatever. Do you think that in your case, it was more because you were able to stick with a habit because it was driven by something else other than the, the, the aspiring to look different or lose weight? I, I mean, why do you think you were able to stick with it? Or are you, are you just someone who sticks with your desired habit when you said so? No, I am not that person. <laughs> I mean, maybe I am now. We, we'll t I know we're going to talk about identity stuff. Um, but uh, no, to that point, I was not a resolution setter and sticker to her. Um, that was not part of my that was not part of my identity. Discipline, willpower. Uh, I, I don't like willpower still, but discipline, uh, rigor, those were not things 
Those were not characteristics that I would have used to describe myself. So I think that my motivation being different definitely helped me stick to the habit. But I think it goes deeper than just being not about weight loss or not about looking better. Uh, so recently, I heard an interview with Sebene Selassie on uh, the Hurry Slowly podcast. You love her, don't you? I do love her. Sebene Selassie, I love her. Yeah. So her so just as quick aside, her book that got published this year is called You Belong, and it is an incredible book. And she is incredible. I've every podcast interview I've listened to with her, I'm like, holy crap. I like take notes. I get so excited. Um, it's just really, really good stuff. So in this interview, though, she said, uh, we don't have to make ourselves a problem to aspire to transformation. We don't have to make ourselves a problem to aspire to transformation. And I think unknowingly, that was what ended up allowing me to make what ended up being such a drastic change and being able to stick with it for as long as I did. Because even though I, at the time, would have definitely gotten down on myself about not being more disciplined, not having healthy habits, you know, I, I definitely would have made like cracked some self-deprecating jokes around that. Um, I think at the same time, when I made those decisions, I was coming at it from a place of this isn't who you are. These are things that you are doing and these are things that you are choosing and you can make different choices and you can do different things. And so I was confident in my ability to make different choices and do different things. And also I started really small. So it's not like I didn't even start with like the couch to 5k program. I got there but I didn't start with it. I literally started with 15 minutes of walking very slowly on the treadmill. Um, not very slowly because I'm a really fast walker, but <laughs> my slow is not slow. It's not like you hired a trainer, went to gym every day. No, <laughs> no. And what's funny is the year before I had hired a trainer because I thought, you know, I should take better care of myself. And so even that there was a motive there wasn't a weight loss motivation necessarily there wasn't a i want to look better motivation there was the motivation was i want to take better care of myself and underneath of it i didn't have the confidence that i could and i hadn't like made made peace with wanting to become the kind of person who takes care of herself Whereas with this change, it was I made a decision to become the kind of person who is disciplined, who makes good choices, who shows up uh, as a leader for herself and for others. And this was part of that decision as opposed to just, you know, a New Year's resolution. So one of my challenges all the time with anything that I'm trying to do with the relates to change is that I am impatient about the result, right? So like I have been doing this and I'm not losing the weight or I have been doing this and my arms don't look any different from when I started or whatever it is that I'm trying to do. And so I, I wondered whether, what results were you measuring? How did you maintain the enthusiasm, the motivation? How did you keep 
up with whatever it is that you were doing. So I think in terms of like what I was tracking, I was tracking the habit. So I wasn't after an end result. I was I was legitimately exploring the experience of what it feels like to do something every day. And in exploring that, realizing just how good I felt when I was doing that thing every day. And I used to, I have a system for this now, but I used to get really anxious on rest days because I was worried that I wouldn't feel good and that I and I just wanted to keep moving but I also knew that I had to rest. Now I like I said now I have a whole system for that so that doesn't happen anymore. Um although I also don't really take rest days. Maybe another thing we could talk about is the fact that I'm taking a rest month right now. Wow. <laughs> It's active recovery, but it's still, it's rest for me. And then from there, so once I was developing the habit and could say, yes, I'm doing this every day, and yes, this feels good, I kind of, I allowed myself to stay curious, I think, with what else I wanted to try. So once the walking every day became a good habit and I felt good, I got curious about what it would be like to try running. That was a huge question for me at the time, like a question I dare not ask, right? Like it just, because it was in conflict with my identity. Um, but I asked it and I tried it and I was like, this sucks, but is also awesome. <laughs> and so little by little, I, you know, let that happen. And then I went to Montana that summer, had an amazing experience, came back and was like, what else can I try? So again, that kind of curiosity thing was scrolling through Instagram, saw that our local climbing gym was having a women's only climbing class. And I was like, well, I've always thought this looked cool. I'm curious. I'm going to sign up for it. Signed up for it. I was terrible at it. But there was part of it that I was also really intrigued by. So I kept going and then I got good at it. Um, and then I was curious about like, okay, well, I really love this climbing thing. I'm getting better at it. I'd like to get better at it faster. I wonder what would happen if I started lifting weights. And so I started lifting weights and not only could I lift heavier things and climb up higher, but I felt even better. And so it was, it was tracking the habit plus staying curious about what else might make me feel even better, what else might um, kind of fuel me, and letting go of things that didn't work, um, although I'm not sure that I can think of any off the top of my head, <laughs> but letting go of anything that didn't work, and finding ways to take the things that did work and incorporate them into my daily life. And so that's what I've done. I, I laughed as soon as you said you were trying to have it because it immediately reminded me of something that you had advised me to do. It was a question I was asking you about something else. Again, it was rooted in my frustration with results. Mm -hmm. And you said to me, track a different thing, Lou track a different thing. And what you were saying to me was like, track the process, not the result. And so as soon as you said 
you were trying to have it. I'm like, oh my God, she had already said this to me a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) I had to hear it again in a different context. Yeah, it is, it's such a, for people who get it, they get it. But the vast majority of people, myself included, have been brought up to only care about the result, to only care about the outcome. That's what our society teaches us. It's what our economy teaches us. It's what our education system teaches us. It's like you study because to get the A, not because you want to study every night. It's because I want to get the A. Yeah, or not even because you want to know the things that you're studying, right? Like, (laughs) exactly. what the heck? So, yeah, so I think... You know, shifting from outcome-oriented goals to process-oriented goals to habits toward, um, you know, I talk about commitments. And lately, I've been talking about commitments as being a way, a, a sort of a reminder to choose differently than we normally would. And so that's that's another thing that I'm sort of always tracking now is like, how would the old me have behaved in this situation? And using my commitments, using my intentions, how is this me going to choose differently today? Um, And so that's what this whole process has been, has been just, how can I choose differently? And what is that going to do for me? How is that going to feel? What is the experience going to be? And not being tied to a particular end result, which is not to say that there aren't end results that I haven't worked toward along the way, right? I wanted to run a two-hour half marathon. Did that. That was awesome. Glad I did it. Uh, I wanted to be able to do 10 pull-ups unbroken by the end of, what was that, 2018? Yeah, 2018. Did that. That was awesome. But what that did was give me structure to my habits, structure to my choices. And if that structure wasn't working for me, I abandoned it. There were a whole bunch of other goals, other like nice to have goals that I had set for those years that I abandoned because I did not like the way that it gave structure to my habits and choices. I heard someone say recently that we tend to define ourselves based on our habits or the things that we do. So, for example, we might say, I'm the kind of person who drinks warm milk at night, or I'm the kind of person who, who's shy at parties, for example. And they become like these proclamations, things that we abide by about ourselves. We act according to however it is that we have defined or describe ourselves to be. But if you think about it, the things that we do and the habits that we have are simply things that we've chosen to do. And so it's a matter of choosing to do something different to become a different person. If we choose to not act shy at parties and to talk to strangers, there will conceivably come a time when we are no longer shy or won't be as shy and we won't call ourselves shy anymore. I thought Tara was a perfect example of this thing that I'm talking about. In the past, Tara had said that she was the kind of person who didn't run. And now she runs every day and she runs marathons. And so I wanted to explore this process of becoming a different person with her. And at what point she realized that she had become a different person altogether. So on my second date with my now husband, Sean, uh, we talked about running and we both agreed that we are not the kind of people who run from fun. We'll run 
We will run uh, to get away from zombies. We will run in <laughs> the situation of some other kind of apocalypse. But otherwise, walking is great and running is unnecessary. <laughs> and... and uh, that was sort of like that was that was a thing. Like we came back to that for years, over and over again. Oh, we're not the kind of people who who run. And then I made this change, and I became the kind of person who ran. And there was there was a lot of like I had some identity stuff around that. He had some identity stuff around that. It's like, well, who are we if I am now the kind of person who runs? But I digress. That's like the, that's the most sort of visceral example of this. But the the when I first realized that I truly was becoming someone new, not just aspiring to become someone new, but that I had started to take on a new identity, was um, a day that my husband and my mother in law took me on a hike in uh, Montana, where she lives, when, and my favorite place on earth. And uh, we we were doing things that I had literally never done before. We took a ski lift to the top of a mountain in the summer, which is just a beautiful experience for anyone who gets to do that. Like, I have never gone skiing. I don't know that I want to be on a ski lift in the winter. But man, a ski lift in the summer, awesome. Um, so we took the a ski lift to the top of the mountain. And then the plan was to hike down the mountain. And I was like, whoa. Who knew you could even do such a thing, just hike downhill? This sounds amazing. Um, this was early <laughs> in the fitness journey. Now I'm really into hiking uphill, <laughs> but, but that took time. So this was hiking downhill, and I, I can't remember the specifics of the conversation now, but I can remember at different times, and it ha it really did happen multiple times in a, what was a pretty short hike, my mother-in-law saying, well, that's not the kind of person you are anymore. Now you're this kind of person, because she could see how much I had changed for the positive, and she could see that there were still – oh, I actually – I do know what it was. There were a couple of times on the trail where there was a pretty big drop-off on the one side of the trail, and I don't like heights. Even still, as a climber now, I do not love heights. I climb to stay on the wall so that I don't have to fall down from very high. It's it's actually a beautiful thing. Um, but uh, And I said, you know, normally I would be scared of heights, but this isn't really bothering me. This is fine. And she said, well, that's not that's because that's not the kind of person you are anymore. Now you're the kind of person who hikes down a mountain and has no problem with the elevation. And I was like, oh, you're right. That is the kind of person that I am. And so then I could start to see it over and over and over again, where there would be sort of this knee-jerk reaction to something happening in business, in life, in my relationship, where there would be where my old self would sort of assert itself as a, hey, wait, don't you do this instead of this other thing that you're doing? And I would have to be like, no, that is, I would literally say to myself, or to Sean, that is not who I am anymore. I am this kind of person. And it took 
noticing it and naming it over and over and over again to fully inhabit that transformation. And now looking back on it, it's like, I don't even know who that person was before. I mean, I do. Um, but it seems so foreign to me now. I am so fully inhabited um, a new way of being, a new way of showing up, and a new way of doing. Um, and and that's been nothing but positive. I would attend your webinars. And as part of your webinars, there's always a section there where you introduced yourself. And at one point, you started introducing these other parts of yourself. And I was wondering, okay, I will first admit to where this is coming from. Uh, because whenever I go through any kind of transformation of any sort, I'm always hesitant to tell people or to, like, it took me forever to say I'm a podcaster because I'm always feeling like, am I there already? So when you started introducing yourself as someone who runs into bouldering, into weightlifting, I was amazed and inspired and impressed. Could you talk a little bit about that process? Was that like a mindset shift? Was that a confidence journey to be able to introduce yourself in that way? I can't say that I was feeling more confident when I started doing that. Um, in fact, in a lot of ways, I was feeling less confident uh, in myself, in my abilities, in my ideas. However, I had made a choice, I'd sort of like drawn a line in the sand that in the in the old me had tried to project an image of someone who was this serious business person, um, you know, successful. This is what successful business person looks like, sounds like. This is how she introduces herself. All crap, by the way. But not, not that I was not a good business person and a good business coach and all of those things. But I mean, the the projection of that and that it has to look a certain way to impress people is crap. But that's what I was trying to do because that's what I could see other people doing. That was, that was just, it, it seemed like that's what I had to do to connect with people. And I didn't want to do that anymore. I was unwilling to make those projections to portray myself in a certain way, I wanted to be able to uh, to portray myself as I am three-dimensionally. And so deciding to incorporate running and climbing and weightlifting and being a mom and, and being a wife into how I describe myself at the beginning of a webinar was a decision to own those the the multiple dimensions that I contain and to own everything that I bring to the table so that when I'm sharing an idea, when I'm walking people through a framework, when I'm teaching something, that it's not just Tara, the successful business lady. Listeners can't see me making robot <laughs> motions with my arms, but I am. So just imagine that. Um, they can't, you know, they need to know that there's a depth there um, because we're, we all have that depth, right? And we, um, we have been fed this line 
in school, in previous jobs, and then by lots of business people that we need to show up a certain way, that we need to look a certain way, that we need to behave a certain way. And it's very important to me now, the me that is now, to honor and embrace the fact that we are human beings who not only have depth, but also change, right? Because that's the other piece too, is that that one-dimensional version of who I was portraying couldn't change. And change is really important to me. It's always been important to me. I love change. I love learning new things so I can have different opinions. Like, that's awesome. And so, yeah, so part of that was just actually owning that I had changed too. Um, so it was owning the depth, it was owning the multidimensionality, and it was owning the fact that I'm a person who changes, I'm a human being who changes, and you can too. Um, so that was, that's where that came from. So as you were showing up that way and incorporating those elements of your life, and then you started to share more of that part of your life in social media, for example, obviously you show up as a businesswoman. So a lot of the, your, your existing followers then were people who were interested to listening to you or hearing you talk about business, right? As a business leader. But then as you started showing up with your physicality, with your fitness activities, you attracted a different crowd. Yeah, totally. Well, and people would, re even the people who weren't new, people who were had been around for a while, who had seen changes starting to happen, they were, they were engaging with me in a different way. And they were really excited, not necessarily because they wanted to do the exact same things that I was doing, but kind of going back to the change piece, they saw I had made a change and I was inspiring them to change things as well. Or inspiring, I think, is the wrong word. I don't like to think of myself inspiring people to do things. But I was getting them to ask the question, well, if Tara can change this, what can I change? Or, you know, what is the thing that I've been wanting to to try that I didn't feel like I had permission to? I'm going to, what if I tried it anyway? Um, and so that was that was a really fun part of that little experiment. If you follow Tara on social media or subscribe to her weekly newsletter, you will notice that she often references experiences from her fitness routines that have broader applications in business or in life. Case in point, at the time when we sat down for this uh, interview, she had just posted something about modifications, as in the modifications that we might do for a yoga pose. Um, she talked about how the idea of modifying a pose to something that suits better, suits your body better, so that you can ultimately have a better practice, how that idea actually applies in our work as well. I asked her about these connections and how she's able to find them and connect them to daily life. I think part of what has been so transformative to me about developing a fitness practice is that I have time where I am in, in my body, where I am not engaged in trying to do something other than the thing that I am doing with my body at that time. And instead of that shutting down my brain, my brain normally goes, 
<laughs> you know, what all can we think about right now? But in a good way, not in not in a bad way. Like in a, I'm sort of like, even because I'm not, it's not even like it's often conscious what's happening. There's something unconscious happening and then it bubbles up and then I get to write about it. Um, and so the the analogies that I've made, the metaphors that I've made with my fitness practice into talking about business or leadership have actually come in the moments when I'm doing those things. So it's not forced at all because it literally happened. Like if I'm talking about pace, um, it's me thinking as I'm trying to slow down my pace because I know I'm going too fast. Oh God, Terry, you do this in business too. I'm sure everyone needs to hear about that. Or like when I hear the yoga teacher say, um, you know, if you take the modification, the most skillful version of this pose is the pose that's right for you and your body today. Not even your body yesterday or your body tomorrow, your body today. Like I've got this thing in my hamstring right now and I cannot do two poses that are normally great for me. Cannot do them on my right side. The right pose for me today, the most skillful pose for me today is to like literally just not do those poses. So if they're called out, I have to choose to do something different. And that's me practicing at my highest level of skill. Um, and, and so I was thinking about, you know, I as I was hearing that and thinking about it and making a different choice, like realizing this is, this is, this applies to business too. This is something other people need to know. I'm going to write about it. So, um, yeah, it's never forced at all. It is always sort of in the moment and having that time where I'm not trying to force anything other than sticking with the, the action that's making me feel good, if not in the moment, at least a little later, um, I, there is also so much presence that allows me to make those connections, to have those ideas, to start formulating those stories that, so that I can share them with other people. Well, one of the things that I loved about the modification thing is that I always felt like if I was doing something different from what the instructor is doing, I feel like because I'm not good enough mm -hmm. to do what they're doing. And so like, I feel like inferior or fail, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and the way that you talked about it, it's actually not that. <laughs> no, no. Taking a modification is an act of skill and mastery in so many ways. And the same thing can be said in our businesses or in our careers as well. Like there's, sure, there's the prescribed ideal of what this could look like, but it's, ideal is not even the right word. There's, there's, the idea of what the pose looks like. And then there's what the pose looks like in a million different bodies with a million different shapes and a million different levels of, or, you know, ranges of motion and strength and all of that. And we're all going to perform that pose differently depending on our body. And, this, and it's the same thing in, in business. You know, we all have different businesses. We all have different schedules. We all have different capacity. And so what might be, you know, this is how you do this particular thing in your business, that's not going to look the same in every business. In fact, it's it should look different in every business. Right. 
I noticed that you haven't been posting those videos of you climbing because I enjoy watching those videos. <laughs> um, is that part of the rest or is it because you haven't been going to the gym because of something else? Well, I haven't been going to the gym because of COVID. Uh, I think the last time I went climbing was in late August. Um, my gym, unfortunately, I was not happy with the level of mitigation or uh, rule enforcement. <laughs> and when things started to get bad again, well, it, it started before that even, but it, when things, so this is, this is hard for me to admit as someone who loves to go to the gym now, I canceled my gym membership in November because- The gym where you- not the gym where I climb, the weight, the gym where I lifted weights. Oh, okay, okay. I was they're they're the same company, but I pay mm -hmm. for them separately. Separately, and so I canceled the main gym, and I still have the climbing gym membership, but I don't plan on going back probably for another six months. Um. So what are you doing now? Because you're not well, you know, you're running every day or you're what are you doing now? No. So okay. right, you're resting. I'm resting. <laughs> so Okay, so what I have been doing since lockdowns started uh, is kind of bouncing between a couple of different um, at-home workout programs. The one that I've been doing the most and the longest at this point is a modified powerlifting program. So powerlifting is with a barbell. Um, so, you know, back squats, um, bench press, and deadlift. That's the three powerlifting things. And you do other things on top of that. But that's the kind of program I was following when I was going to the gym. And I love powerlifting. Love, love, love it. And one of the things that I love about it is this high... Uh, high weights, so like heavy weights, low reps. So you do like two squats and then you rest for like four minutes and then you do two more squats and then you rest for four minutes. It's great. <laughs> um, and you get really strong. So it's it's not like it's, it's, you're not cheating. This is the way it works. This is how you get stronger. Um, coming, working out at home, I've had to uh, get used to a very different type of training, which is even though it's based on the same powerlifting program, it's by the same woman, um, the reps are much higher because I don't have heavy, heavy weights at home. Um, and so I've been, I was doing that four days a week. It was going great. I did yoga on the days that I didn't do uh, my, my uh, weight training. And then I'd run three to four times a week, um, just depending on weather, depending on how I felt, depending on whatever. And then I walk every day as well. So I try and get in uh, about five miles before I get started with my day, regardless of what that looks. So it might look different, but I try and get five miles in. Um, I noticed at the end of 2020 that I was starting to feel super run down and that is not normal for me anymore. Um, I'm used to feeling really good in my body. I am used to feeling like I have boundless energy, even when I'm tired. Like there's there's the ex there's exhausted, and there's uh, um, you know there's feeling bad and there's feeling exhausted. I'm used to feeling exhausted. I'm not used to feeling bad. 
Um, and then, and then there were just a lot of aches and pains that were starting up in weird places. And I was like, this is not right. You have been overdoing it for nine months now to save your sanity and you need to take a break. So I, this is, this is not set in stone. We'll see how the month progresses, but I am taking a month off from running and weight training and just doing yoga and walking. And like I said, I walk really fast. So I, I'm basically getting cardio in with, with walking, uh, but my cardio fitness is just fine. So I'm not worried about that. Um, and I do strenuous enough yoga that I'm also not worried about like losing too much strength, but just letting it be a lot lower impact, letting it be lower pace, um, and seeing how I feel at the end of the month. I'm still feeling pretty run down at this point, <laughs> but um, we'll see. We'll see how the month goes, and we'll see if it needs to go longer than a month. I don't know. Do you we'll go see. to a yoga class? or No, or... I use an app at home. So I do everything at home now. So weight training at home, uh, using resistance bands and body weight and, um, you know, different modifications. In this case, modifications of body weight things to make them harder <laughs> as opposed to easier. Um, and then I use a, a yoga app uh, that's called Glow, G-L-O. Um, and they've got thousands of classes on there. And there's a few teachers that I follow pretty religiously and, um, and I try and change that up though a lot too, so that it's not just constantly like power yoga. But I do a, I'm trying more and more to do things that are legitimately chill, legitimately anxiety reducing, <laughs> um, and just and yeah, and just find finding different ways to be in my body during that time when I know that makes me feel good. When I when because that habit is important to me, but not doing things that are going to lead to feeling bad. Just one more sense? question yeah. um, before I ask the final two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but do you, 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 you do this first thing in the morning or you incorporate this within your day? Because I know you, you, uh, you do stuff throughout the day, don't you? I was <laughs> like, how of. are you incorporating all these things into your day? <laughs> so like you said, I wake up early. Um, so I'm my alarm is set for 5 a.m. every day. I also have been dealing with a lot of insomnia, which has not been helping with the rundown feeling. It may be the main source of it, not so much overtraining. Um, and so there's times when I'm out of bed at four. Um, but I but typically I start at 5 a.m. Uh, I have my breakfast and coffee and I read for a little bit uh, and then I get started. So you know, right now that's uh, 45 minutes to an hour of yoga. It's uh, an hour plus of walking. Then I take a shower and then I start my day. If, I, if I'm having a really light week and there's not a ton of appointments and I can get out for a walk in the middle of the day, I do that um, because that's also my podcast listening time. So it's technically mm -hmm. work. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I was really used to having multiple days a week where I'd have two a days. So like I'd work out in the morning and then I'd go climbing at night. And so there now I'm I, I, I can't I don't have the capacity to do that big of a workout in the evening typically. And I don't I don't really want to right now. Um, but I have been ending my day with yoga as well. So yoga in the morning, walking in the morning, and then yoga in the evening, which is typically when I do like a much more mellow 
uh, practice. Um, but that's been really, really great. It's been a great way to sort of bookend the end of my day and, and have that little ritual of work is done. This is done now, you know, so it's starting the day with me time and ending the day with me time. And then I go through my, my regular evening stuff, but yeah, that's, that's been the routine. I asked her to finish a couple of sentences for us. The first one, this experience taught me. This experience taught me that I could choose differently, that I am not subject to how I have always done things or who I have always thought myself to be. And that if I want to be something different or I want to do something different, gosh darn it, I can do it. And all I need to do is choose differently. Yes. Um, And I am? I am, you know, I'm wearing my strong, strong shirt. And I talk about building stronger businesses. And I, I honest, honest to God, one of the things that I remind myself all the time, and something I take so much pride in is simply, I'm strong. I am strong physically. I am strong mentally. um, I am strong in so many ways. And it is a real point of pride for me at this point. And it is part of my identity. And yeah, I think, yeah, I'm strong. You can follow Tara McMullen on Instagram and on her weekly podcast, What Works. So I'm going to put a link to all of these plus the highlights of this episode on the show notes. So head on over to secondbreaks.com forward slash podcast to check it out. I want to thank you for being here and listening to this episode. And if you'd like to support the show, please share this episode with a friend or two. Your spreading the word about the show helps tremendously, and I would be so grateful. Next week, I'm joined by photographer Yvonne Marchese. We chat about how last year she embraced a new role for herself, a podcaster, and dared to use her voice and lean deeper into who she really is at her core, a storyteller. Now, the best way to not miss the episode and all future episodes is to subscribe to the podcast. And you can do that uh, by hitting subscribe on whatever app it is that you're using right now to listen to this episode. Or if you happen to be listening to this episode on the website, uh, you're going to find some options for uh, podcast apps right around the audio player as well. Okie dokie, I'll be back next week with Yvonne Marchese. Until then, stay safe, stay sane, and keep on making your day, my friend. Cool beans.